In the Parshalach we find a number of times the promise that Hashem made to Avram that he will give to him, Avram and his children, the Jewish people. Where do we find it a number of times? In Omfang Seder state Vayar Vayer Hashem al Avram. The beginning of the Seder it says Hashem appeared to Avram Vayemer and he said Lazaracha etenus oritz. I says to your children I will give this land. The Noch afterwards by Avegim from Mitzrayim when Avram was leaving Mitzrayim. When Loit hotzich from Em abgeshet when him and Loit when Loit went his own way and went away from Avram. Hashem said to him, Because this, this whole land that you see, I will give it to you, and to your children eternally, forever. Another passage, Arise and walk the land, the length of it, the width of it, because I will give it to you. Owned by Brisbane Absalom, and then by the covenant that Hashem made with Avram, where they, he cut the animals in half and walked between them, he said, On that day, Hashem made a covenant with Avram, um, saying to him, To your children, I have given this land, from the river of Egypt, until you, the great river the Euphrates on in divided Gipsukim and then in the uh, following Psukim Vet he lists all the uh, nations that lived in Israel at the time that he will give them all of these territories. The closest the is the generally the difference between the different uh, promises that Hashem made to Avram is can be broken down this way. The Esh Tzvei Avtochas, the first two promises, where he said, "Lazarcha etenus aras asayis to your children, I, I will give this land lachayet nana to you, I will give it," are both belosh and asid, are in the future. I will give it to you, or I will give it to them. So in Anish Gekumen B'Shaychus to Avram's Dibur Ada Pu'ula. When he spoke in the future tense, it wasn't as a result of anything that Avram said or did. It was Hashem making a promise to him, not in response to something that Avram did. Whereas the promise we said to your children, I have given it in the past, in the past tense, as if it's a done deal already, is came after Avram had walked the length and, and the width of Eretz Yisrael. So it was in response to what Avram did, and then it became it's already done. And Hashem said it in as a follow up to what he has said earlier, to give you this land as an inheritance. This was in response to what Avram had asked. Hashem said to him, I will give it to you to inherit. And Avram said, how do I know that I'm going to inherit it? So he said, go and walk the length and the width. And then he tells it to him, it's in the, it's in the past. I have already given it to you. Not that I will give it to you.
The Raga Chaba is mevared and tam from chiluk alushayinus. The Raga Chaba Gaon explains the difference in the way the phrasing of the of the promise. Because by the drita of tocha, the Eved to gezok them loshin Then in the third time that Hashem promised them, He uses the term to inherit it. When Oich Avram had gefrek beloshin ba meida kirushena, Avram also used that same term. How do I know that I will inherit this land? Mashenk in the Loshan and the Fridigib Sukim, whereas the terminology used in the earlier Psukim, the first two promises, is Lazaracha Etain, to your children I will give it. Lachat Nena, I will give it to you. Both of them are used in the term I will give it, like a gift rather than an inheritance. As Dozain is so the Ragachab explains, that Dozain at Sveya Fanavidavishta Gigabin Ebis Gabin for Natisol to Eden that there are two ways in which Hashem transmitted Eretz Yisrael to the Jewish people. Begedah Matona or Begedah Yerusha. He gave it originally as a gift, and then He gave it as an inheritance. And there's a difference in the way there, uh, those two transfers occur. When Azdas is Bechlal is the Untoshet Sushin Kibish Rishon and Kibish and that you can also say that this is the, the difference between the way the Yidin took possession of Eretz Yisrael the first time that they conquered Eretz Yisrael under Yeshua and the Kibosheni the second, that they, uh, second time they conquered Eretz Yisrael which was when they came back from Bavel and they resettled Eretz Yisrael the Kibosh Rishon is Begedamatona the first conquering of Eretz Yisrael Hashem gave as a gift and the way the Ragachover categorizes a gift that geder, that's in the parentheses, geder nakuda, it's a nakuda which means a, there is one, it's all one entity. It can't be divided into parts. Kol Eretz Yisrael, the entire Eretz Yisrael was given as one uh, land, and when you give a gift, it's, it's a transmittal of the entire thing. It's not given in piecemeal, in parts. Either you get the whole thing or you get nothing. It's all one gift. On the Kibosheni, and then the second conquering when they came back to Israel after Bavel, Havageda Yerusha, then they took it as a an inheritance. It was given to them as an inheritance. But Gamiktsas and an inheritance, no none of the heirs gets the entire estate. It's divided amongst them. So even parts of Israel can be given. And that's actually what happened in the Kibosheni that they came back and they resettled certain parts of Israel but other parts they didn't resettle. So those parts remained outside. They did not take possession of them again. Just like an inheritance, you get what is coming to you, and but there are certain parts which don't end up being yours. Whereas in the first conquering through Yeshua, they took over the entire country, and after it was conquered and then divided, that's when it took on the state of Eretz Yisrael, the status of Eretz Yisrael, as will be now explained and analyzed. Based on this, we can now explain the, the two ways that Hashem gave the promises to, to Avram. And then the first two, and then the third one by the covenant between the pieces. The, so the first two, as we said, was... Uh, in the future, and the third one was in the past. It's already been given. The kibush from the Knesset Shnia, the resettling 
or the way the Yidin took over the land once again reconquered the land of Eretz Yisrael the second time that they went into Eretz Yisrael after Bavel which was after the situation when the Yidin had been banished from Eretz Yisrael because of our sins is Merumaz in the Avtach by Chris's Bris Lazarach Anasati. That's alluded to in by the by the Bris in Avsarim, where Hashem said, I, sh- I have given Eretz Yisrael to you. which is similar to what happened the second time they came to Eretz Yisrael. there too. It came after. In other words, the Yidden came back to a land which had already been theirs. They had already owned it. They, went, they were banished for 70 years. Then they came back. So it's something which already belongs to them. But another similarity is it came after Avram, the, the, the Brisbane Absarim came to Avram after he said, How do I know that I will inherit it? As sages tell us, as dos is given, achet be'erach milus Avram that Avram asking for proof from Hashem for, for how do I know that I'm going to inherit it was for the level that Avram was on is considered to be something beneath him he shouldn't have asked for proof he should trust Hashem so this is similar to the, the second time when the Eden came in the Yisrael which was also after they had sinned and been banished and as we see also that by the by that covenant the third time that Hashem spoke to him in this parasha about it he also mentioned already to him that there's going to be a golos in other words again tying into that thing that we're talking already acknowledging that there is a sin and that there is golos and so on Hashem said to him Yodaya Teida you shall know, be aware that your children will be aliens, foreigners in a country that is not theirs, which is referring to Golos Mitzrayim, that they would become they would be in Golos Mitzrayim and that also by extension is an, uh, an allusion to all the other Golos, Golos Bavel and then the other further goluses that we went through all throughout the different periods in history. So by the Brisbane of Sarim, where he talks about golus, it, it's it what came about as Avram requesting a proof, which was also for Avram, Mipnei Chata'enu, and so on. And there the terms Iroshenu, the inheritance, was used, which all ties into the Knisa uh, Shnir, the second, the Kibush Shnir, the second time that the Yidden retook Eretz Yisrael. Mashenke the Kibush Rishim. Whereas when we talk about the first time that the Yidden conquered Eretz Yisrael, Durch Yeshua, under Yeshua, but is given the Esh the Knisa in Eretz which was the first time that they arrived in Eretz Yisrael and took over, is Merumas in the Esh the Tzvei That is alluded to in the first two promises that Hashem from the Mevishim that Hashem made to Avram Nisht al Temshuk to Shailas Avram was not in response to something that Avram had asked that's why but something that Hashem promised on his own which we will explain soon what the, that, why that's significant the same is also in regards to the second matter of us, the Avtochel of Zaruchan of Sati is Gikum and Nogdem, the Avram is Gigangel Orkar Lolo Rachba. 
the fact that when Hashem said I have given you as a past tense came after Avram had walked the length and the width of Eretz Yisrael is Mefurish and Targum Yenison Targum Yenison spells it out this way as does meant Avod Bacheskosa that Avram made a chazaka he, made, he did an act which made it his brought it into his possession there is a concept in halacha that when you want to transfer something from the ownership of one person to, the, uh, to another person the new person has to do some sort of an act that indicates ownership and that's called a chazaka and Avram Avinu by walking the length and the width of Eretz Yisrael he took possession of it in that way so that's what the Targumenus says he made a chazaka and that's why it's now his it's already in the past and that is also actually what uh, what was accomplished by the second time when they uh, through Ezra the prophet at the time when they came back from Babel with the Rambam is Mevaira the Rambam explains as the first Kedusha the holiness that was brought to Israel is only because it was a conquering of the, the community, the Jewish community conquered the land but since when they were, it was taken away by the enemy, by the Babylonians so then the fact that they conquered it earlier now is nullified neutralized, they no longer are in control of Eretz Yisrael so therefore now it was no longer there was no obligation anymore to give Meiser and to to practice the laws of Shemitah in Eretz Yisrael because it no longer belongs to the Jewish people they came and conquered it then it was conquered from them so they were removed it no longer the laws of Eretz Yisrael no longer apply because it's no longer part of Eretz Yisrael but given Ezra and then when Ezra came along the Kitsha and he sanctified it again like Kitsha B'Kibush he didn't sanctify it by conquering it rather by taking possession because they came and took possession therefore wherever the people that came back from Bavel came and they took possession of those parts of Israel which as we mentioned before was not the entire land of Israel that had originally been part of Eretz and that part of Eretz Yisrael became sanctified through this second Kedusha that was applied by Ezra whom the Kedusha that remains sanctified even till today everything in Eretz Yisrael that was taken back through Ezra when the Yidin came back from Babel remains holy even until today and even though eventually the Romans took away Eretz Yisrael and it's still uh, we are still obligated to practice the laws of Shviyas of um, Shemitah and Meiser and so on in those areas as well even though there was thousands of years in which the Jews didn't live there so that's how the Rambam describes it but we have to understand about this what exactly is he saying really what is the Shaykhaz from Ersten Kibush what is the Shaykhaz from Ersten Kibush what is the connection between the first time the Yidin conquered Eretz Yisrael that as the Ramam says the holiness of it what became holy because of 
conquering the land, as he uses the term conquering. What is the connection between that and Matana? And from the second Kibbutz, what Kedusha says is given Aide Chazaka to Teichens from Yerusha. What is the connection between the fact that the Yidden conquered as Israel under Yeshua, and that's called a Matana? That's called a gift. And when they came back with Ezra and they took it over through Chazaka, that's called Yerusha. That's an inheritance. What's the connection between the two? Why does one lead to the other? That's one question. So we can explain this matter in this way. By first explaining, by first gaining an understanding in Divriya Rambam Anal, in the words that the Rambam said that we quoted before, in Velchim the Kesef Mishnah Frek about which the Kesef Mishnah, a commentary on the Rambam, asks two questions. Number one is, Eini day I don't understand, Ma Chazaka Godl Kibush. Why is the power of taking something through Chazaka greater than taking it over through conquering? How does he see that it's greater? Because the one that was taken over through Kibush, through conquering, was later nullified, neutralized, because when the Goyim took it back, so it's no longer ours. And that's Israel didn't have Kedusha anymore. And the one that was taken through Chazaka by Ezra remains eternally holy. What's the difference between the two? And Neymar, why shouldn't we say that just like you say when he conquered it. When the Goyim took it back, it's no longer valid. So what, why not when they took it over by Chazaka? Why when they took it back, the Goyim took it back? Is it no longer valid either? What's the difference between the two? A second question that he asks... Besu and another thing, the first time that Yeshua took over as Israel and it became sanctified through the act of conquering, was there no Chazaka happening at that time? When the Yidden went and they conquered it, and then they all settled into as Israel, they, they, they built houses, they made farms, all of these are acts of Chazaka. So was there no Chazaka happening just because originally they conquered it? Can we say that a Chazaka without, that's not preceded by conquering is better than Chazaka im Kibush, than a Chazaka that happens after conquering? What's the difference? So the Kesef Mishnah asks two fundamental questions about what is the Rambam trying to say here? What's the difference between Kibush and Chazaka? That one is eternal and the other one is only temporary. The Yadua, and it's known, that there are a number of explanations to the words of the Rambam. Number one is the Radvaz, another commentary on the Rambam. He says, and it seems to me that in his opinion, the Rambam's opinion, that that they, by Yeshua, they did not give it sanctity through declaring sanctity. Only in the days of Ezra, that's when they declared sanctity of Ezra, verbally. So that's an answer. Um, but the Rebbe questions this answer, because besides for the fact 
because we find no such reference that in the time of Ezra they did state verbally somehow that they sanctified Ezra we don't find any such record of that the Ramam also doesn't give any kind of indication that it has anything to do with having stated it verbally to the contrary, the Rambam is Mevar Befeir, Rambam clearly explains, Adoz was Ketusha Shniya Leibotla that the reason why the second uh, sanctification of Eretz Yisrael through Ezra wasn't, never went away and remains holy till today is Nishval Ketusha Bepez, not be, uh, as the Radva says because they sanctified it verbally nor he actually states the reason why why Ezra's sanctification of Ezra remains eternally and the reason that he gives is because it wasn't sanctified through conquering only through Chazaka so he himself says what the reason is not as the Radvas says that it has something to do with verbally declaring it the second one was through Chazaka not through conquering and the first one was through conquering and therefore that one didn't remain eternally so the question remains why is Kib- uh, Chazaka a better uh, a better uh, an eternal uh, Kedusha as opposed to Kibush as the Ketzef Mishnah asks another thing another answer that is given the Tosis Yom Tafarem for the Kasha from Ketzef Mishnah the Tosis Yom Tav answers the question of the Ketzef Mishnah in this way the Svira lay because he holds the Rambam holds the Kibush Nochrim the conquering that the Goyim did after the, the Babylonians came and conquered as Israel afterwards came along and neutralized the conquering that the Yidin had done in the time of Yeshua whereas the Chazaka that they took they took ownership of Israel with the permission of the king of Persia at the time who was in control he was the the power that uh, that uh, controlled Eretz Yisrael at the time. <speaking in Hebrew> he gave them the permission to go and retake Eretz Yisrael. <speaking in Hebrew> so therefore, when the Goyim, the uh, Romans, then came along and they conquered it from the Yidden, their conquering, which was illegal, let's call it, because they had permission from the power that owned it at the time to, or I don't know if owned it, but they controlled it at the time, to take possession, so they did it legally. And the Romans came and did it without, uh, illegally, they took it without, uh, without reason and cause. So therefore, their conquering cannot neutralize the permission, the legal permission that they had to take over Yisrael at the time of the Persians. Because that was given to them by the one that had it at the time. He gave it to them. So therefore, they, it becomes theirs. And when somebody comes along and steals it from them, it doesn't become, doesn't now, it's not owned by the one that stole it. It's still owned by the one that was, it was given to, which were the Yidin, that was given to them by, with the permission of the king of Persia. But this still, it would seem that this still does not answer the two questions of the Kesem Mishnah. In regards to the first question, is So, in regards to the first question, what is the first question of the Gezer Mishnah? 
how is Chazaka greater than conquering? And just like, so why shouldn't we say by Chazaka that it was taken away? It, it also neutralizes the Chazaka. That was his question. So in regards to that question, if we say that when the, the a guy comes along, a, a non-Jewish nation comes along and through a war they re they conquer as Israel away from the Yidden. So if is is a Kenyan, if that is considered to be a valid way of them acquiring Israel, and that's why they took it away from the Yidden and it now became them, and therefore it's no longer Israel doesn't have the holiness of Israel anymore. Which now neutralizes the earlier ownership of Etzisrol, of Etzisrol by the Jew, the Yidden. Is vos veto So how does it that in any way? What's what is added? What is what changes? As the free the kebailos is gekumen nish v'dur kibush nor the chazaka b'nedasanoisin. If we recognize that conquering something through war makes it yours, and that's why when the when the uh, Bab- when the Babylonians came and took it away from the Israel, it became theirs. It it transferred from the ownership of the Yidden to the ownership of the Goyim, of the Babylonians, which means that conquering through war transfers ownership to the conqueror. So then, what's the difference? How they acquired it in the first place? What's the difference that in the later conquering through Ezra, they got acquired it through Chazaka? So it's theirs. Then come along the Romans, and if conquering through war is a valid transfer of ownership to the conqueror so what's the difference how you acquired it originally if conquering makes it yours so then the Romans made it theirs through conquering inside it's so how does it add anything change anything that the earlier ownership of the Yidden through Ezra in the time of Ezra came not through their conquering it nor by the fact that it was given to them by the uh, by the ruler, by the king of Persia. Since in the end, the Goyim, the Romans, came and they conquered it from the Yidden. The question reasserts itself. And as the Kesemishna put it, why shouldn't we say the same thing that when they acquired it through Chazaka? We should say the same. They knew when it was taken from us through the Romans conquering it. But the Chazaka is no longer valid. The same is true for the second question that the Kesef Mishnah asks: that what is Chazaka better than Kibush? Because, in other words, that the Chazaka, as the Tesis Yantav says, the Chazaka was the fact that the that the Persian king gave it to them gave them permission to resettle the question is Yeshua is given even when Yeshua conquered Eretz Yisrael there was also a Chazaka that they didn't took possession of certain parts of Eretz Yisrael because they was given to them by the current owners where do we see that? we find as the Giv'inim the nation of Giv'in they handed over the, the, their cities to the Jewish people without war. is the Rambam So over there we have the Chazaka which they took because the owners gave it to them. Still, we don't find that the Rambam should differentiate 
bein makom lemakom between one part of Eretz Yisrael and another part. Unzok benegayet gans Eretz Yisrael, and he simply states in regards to the entire territory of Eretz Yisrael, the kimishanul kacharutz miyadeim. Since as Israel was then taken by the Babylonians, but Kibush, the conquering that they did in the time of Yeshua was now neutralized. And the Torah now exempts it from giving Maiser and from Shemitah laws. And he doesn't say the areas which the Givainim handed over, they remain holy because they were given to them. Why doesn't he say that? So obviously there's something more that needs to be explained here. Gimel. The Taisus Yom Tov is Dot Mamshech. The Taisus Yom Tov continues in his explanation. You shouldn't ask the question that from the fact that Hashem gave it to the Yidden originally, because you can answer because just like Hashem gave it to the Yidden, so also the prophets then prophesied. The prophecy, the uh, prophets said that the people will come, the goyim will come, and they will take it away from you, and they will destroy your country. And they also prophesied that Kairish, the king of Persia that we talked about, would give it back to them. But this, that the, this nation, meaning the Romans, that they're going to take it away from us, but there we don't find any prophecy that a prophet would come and speak in the name of Hashem to say that the Romans are going to come and take away Yisrael. And therefore, all the earlier things came by the word of Hashem. Hashem said, I'm, going, I'm giving you Yisrael. Then he gave... The, the Goyim permission to take it away from, from the Yid. As the prophet said, this is going to happen. Then he gave permission to the king of Persia to give it back to the Yid. So all of that was done perfectly legally under Hashem's instruction. But the Romans, we don't find any prophecy that they got permission to destroy Yitz Yisrael and to take it away. And therefore, they took it illegally. Since we have a rule that real estate cannot be stolen, because it always remains in the possession of the one that owns it. When you take something, metaltal and chattel, so you can pick it up and take it away. So by picking it up, you acquire it, and it no longer belongs to the original owner, even though, of course, the thief has to pay it back. But... A real estate, if somebody moves into your house, he doesn't own it by having moved in without your permission. It still remains yours. Azerfa remains Jew, uh, Jewish. And that's how perhaps we can answer this difference. But even with this answer that the Taisis Yontav gives, it still remains difficult to understand. Because either way, if you say that conquering through war is something that takes it away from the ownership of the the, land, the people that lived there originally and now was conquered from them in other words it's recognized as a valid acquisition for the new conquering country people and that this is a legal thing then what's the difference if there is a prophecy that prophesies it or not 
if it's recognized as a valid legal acquisition, conquering through war is a valid acquisition. So what's the difference if a prophet talked about it or not? Bibaldas is given Maisa because the the Romans did that same conquering, so then it belongs to them. How is it different if a prophet prophesied about it or not? And the Kavana the Bay is, and if the, the what he means to say is, as is that a guy really doesn't have the ability to to acquire something through conquering through war. When a says dem nachrim is So and since uh, essentially it's not a valid way of acqu- acquiring it, and there was no prophecy about it, is shalaykadinatu, and therefore it's considered to be totally illegal. Uns is the since there was no prophecy so they had no permission to do it and there is no such thing as conquering through war whereas the Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylonia and Kairish that they conquered it by the word of Hashem Hashem had said that this is going to happen so it was a temporary thing that Hashem Allowed for them to take possession of it through conquering. So you could answer this, you know, split hairs that way, that in essence there is no such thing as conquering through war. That's not a legal way of acquiring something. It still belongs to the original people. Hashem, because he said to, to Nebuchadnezzar and to Kairish that he gave them permission to conquer it, so he made a temporary legality out of acquiring Israel in that way. But the Romans never had such, a, such an instruction, and therefore they, their conquering was, remains illegal. Seems like a good answer. This does not in any way fit with the Ramam's explanation. Because the Ramam is revived in Tama Chiluk. Because the Ramam explains the difference, the reason for the difference, the midvas, the Kedusha Rishayin is given Dur Kibush, Kedusha Shniyeh, Dur Chazaka, because he puts it all on. How did the Yidden acquire it? The Yidden acquired the first time through Kibush, through conquering, through war, and the second time through Chazaka. According to this explanation that we just said, it has nothing to do with how the Yidden acquired it, and everything to do it has everything to do with the way that the Goyim acquired it away from the Yidin by Golos Bavel by Golos Bavel when the Bukhadnezah took over Eretz Yisrael it neutralized the holiness of Eretz Yisrael even if the Yidin had acquired it originally through Chazaka because Nebuchadnezzar's conquering of Israel was legal and valid. Hashem had prophesied about it, had given prophecy, had given to the prophets to prophesy about it. Whereas by the second Golos, since the, the Romans took it not in a legal way, that's why the Ketusha never left it because it still belongs to Eretz Yisrael, it belongs to the Eden, not to the Romans in other words, even if the Rome, if the Yidin had acquired it originally through conquering, not through Chazaka 
since the Romans had no permission to conquer it away from them, it still would remain the Yidden. What's it, the, it's, the, what he's saying is, in a nutshell, is it, from the Rambam it seems that it has nothing to do with how the Goyim acquired it from the Yidden, and that it has everything to do with the way the Yidden acquired it originally. If they acquire it through Kibush, it can be taken away. If they acquire it through Chazak, it can't be taken away. So these answers that are given by the Taisus Yomtev, the Radvaz, and so on, they don't f- complete the picture. We have to understand more about this. In regards to the second question, perhaps we could answer it this way. In fact, there are some commentaries that explain the Rambam in this way. And the answer is, The question was, the Kazimishnah's question was, that was there no chazaka in the time of Yeshua? Uh, the time of Yeshua, there was certainly a chazaka there too. So the answer, the answer could be that even though it's true that during the kibush of Yeshua, the conquering of Yeshua, there was also chazaka. That is not the way that they they set out to acquire Eretz Yisrael. Their intent by settling into their land that was given to them and building a house and doing all those things which constitute a chazaka, they didn't intend through their building the house to take possession of their land because they built a house on it. Because their intention was they conquered it and that's why it's theirs. So they built a house not for the purpose of acquiring it because in their mind it was already theirs. So the chazaka wasn't used in order to gain acquisition. On the far, and therefore their chazaka, the act that they did, which would have been a good acquisition, but since they didn't intend for it to be for the purpose of acquiring it, it didn't act as an acquisition for them. And therefore they remained with only having acquired it through kibush. And this can be learned from a Kalvachayim uh, from the Halacha, which is that if somebody, if the Kasavish Shahim Shaloy Loikana, the Halacha is that a Ger that has no heirs, the reason we choose a Ger is because every Jew has an heir. It's either his, if he doesn't have children and it's his father or his brother or his father or grandfather, it could go back many generations and then it could be his 17th cousin but in the end he has an heir but a ger is, a chi- is like a child that was born he has no relatives and if a ger let's say dies and leaves an estate and there's nobody to inherit it so then it becomes hefker it becomes ownerless and anybody that comes and takes possession becomes his so if somebody came along and oider which means he hoed the land he dug, he did something to the land to fix it, to approve it, which is a good way of, uh, of acquisition. That's called chazaka. So he, he did, made a chazaka in the, uh, in the properties of a ger. Kosovar, but he was thinking that Shehem Shaloi, that he thought that it was already his. He walked onto it and he called it. He walked into the land and he said, ah, it's mine. And now he comes, so he thinks that he acquired it because he called it. Now he comes along and he starts working the land, but he wasn't working the land for the purpose of uh, acquiring the land because he thinks it's his. So the act of 
plowing the land is not considered a chazaka for him because he didn't do it for the purpose of acquiring it. So since it applies there, certainly it would apply when the yid, when the whole Jewish nation is building houses on the land that they that they conquered from the goyim, and they consider the conquering to be what made it theirs. So building the house doesn't make it his because he didn't do it for the purpose of acquiring it. And that's why the chazaka, which comes after kibush, is worse than chazaka, which comes without kibush. Because the intention is on the chazaka and not on the kibush. Whereas in the first time, it, the intention was the kibush, not the chazaka. I need to restate the slightly the uh, previous halacha of some of the plows in the property of a ger, thinking that it's his. It's not that he thought that it was his because he called it. In other words, he tried to take possession, but in the wrong way. It means he thought that it was his to begin with. Let's say he was a neighbor, and he thought that this part of it was his. So he was there plowing, and then it turns out the ger died, and he did something which made a chazaka, but he didn't intend for it to be a chazaka because he thought it was his. That's what it means. Because in addition to the, uh, to the, we have to think about this. It needs a little more analysis. To the etzim svara hatanod binyan, whether this the comparison can be applied in our situation. Why not? Because in the case of the yidden taking over etz Yisrael, they intended to take possession of it. It's just that they had a different type of way that they were going to take possession. He intended to acquire it through conquering rather than through chazaka. So then it becomes his. Then when he does actually do an act, which is a chazaka, he would acquire it. Because his intention all along is to acquire. He did something before which he thought was an acquisition which does, turns out wasn't, because kibush is not a good enough acquisition. But then when he does a chazaka, since his intention is to gain ownership, in general, that's what his intention is. So the chazaka makes it his. So therefore, maybe there is no, uh, you can't even compare the two. Befratas is a kinyan de raisa, especially that it was a kinyan, it's not even a rabbinic. There are certain laws in kinyan, in acquisitions, which minatayra, it would be yours, but the Chachamim required more. Like let's say certain things that if you pay money, as far as the Torah is concerned, it's yours already, but the Chachamim said, no, you have to do an act, another act of acquisition. But here, the Kinyin would have been the Iraisa, it becomes yours. Yishver HaZaitzelena, so therefore it's difficult to say, as we said before, by the Ori Givainim, because uh, first of all, by the cities of the Givainim, is the over there there was no conquering act of conquering because they came and handed it over because the Givonim gave it to them out of their own free will so they gave it to them so there wasn't even that they did conquering they just took possession through Chazaka so then even if you want to say that because they originally intended to do it with kibush, with conquering, when they got to doing the chazaka, it wasn't really that what they didn't intend to acquire the chazaka, and therefore they never made the chazaka. But the Givainim, it was originally a chazaka, without conquering. So then why are those lands not considered to be holy forever? So that's 
all of these are the questions and we need to understand that and now begins the Rebbe's answer hey so perhaps we can say that this is the explanation when Hashem handed over the land of Israel to the Yidden two things happened two things that were accomplished through that transfer of ownership one is the the financial acquisition of the land the of in other words who owns Eretz Yisrael the fact that it belongs to the Jewish people now so that's a, a financial matter and then the second part the when Hashem handed a transfer that is sold to the Yidden he imbued it with holiness when it belongs to the Yidden it is a holy land so there has to be something that creates that holiness the Ershte Inyan the first thing the, the Bailus from the Yidden of Yisrael the ownership of the Yidden of Yisrael that happened because Hashem transferred ownership of Yisrael to Avram Avinu all the way back then the Yerushalmi learned up from Lazarachan Asati as the Yerushalmi in fact says that the Pasuk says I have given it to your children in, a, in the past tense that this is not a promise I will give it to them nor kvar nasati, I have already given it to, the, to them through you. Thus haste, as from demolton, which means that from then and on, from when Hashem said to Avram, I have given it to you, even after, before the Yidden actually took possession of Yisrael through conquering it with Yeshua, Geheret Yisrael to the Yidden already belongs to the Yidden of Shtendik forever. In fact, that this is even applies in halacha. As the Gemara says, as the Bnei Tzlofchad, the daughters of Tzlofchad, that made a claim that their father died, but he was one of the people that left at Mitzrayim, and the land of Israel, when the Yidden would arrive there forty years later, would be divided according to the people that left Mitzrayim, and Tzlofchad left Mitzrayim, and therefore they have a right to their father's estate. They took their father's estate. And the Gemara says that Tzlofchad was actually a firstborn. And so therefore he took possession as a firstborn that gets two shares. So Tzlofchad wasn't, uh, he, he inherited from his father. His father was in Yetz Mitzrayim. So he got a double portion. Even though the rule is that when there is an estate, a father dies and he leaves a few sons, and one of them is a firstborn, which is entitled to a double portion, double of what his brothers get. So that only applies to the things which are actually under the ownership of the father at the time. But anything that is going to be his let's say there is a, an outstanding loan that has to be paid back he doesn't get but hasn't been collected yet that is not unre- that's unrealized uh, you know income the unrealized income is not subject to the Bukhar getting a double portion so it, when they left Mitzrayim the uh, there was an ownership of Eretz Yisrael they didn't take collect it until you could say they didn't collect it until they actually conquered the land 
So why would the daughters of Tzlovchad, why would Tzlovchad inherit a double portion? It's not yet realized income. But since Hashem said, I have given it to you already, so therefore it was already in the possession of the Jewish people from the time of Avram, and that's why he rightfully collected a double portion. Slavchad rightfully collected a double portion. So here we see that this applies even in Allah that it was a matter of it belongs to Slavchad's father already, and that's why Slavchad is entitled to a double portion as a firstborn. And the reason is, while Eretz Yisrael is he, because Eretz Yisrael is already under the ownership of the Jewish people from the time of Avram. So that's in regards to who owns the land. But then when it comes to the second matter, the Gdush of Eretz Yisrael, the holiness of Eretz Yisrael, especially in regards to certain mitzvahs which apply only in Eretz Yisrael because Eretz Yisrael is holier, and that's why it has certain mitzvahs that apply apply only within the areas of Eretz Yisrael. That only happened, came about, when the Yidin actually took possession of Eretz Yisrael. That's when it became sanctified that, they, that certain mitzvahs apply only there. So those are the two things that have to happen when Yidin take, get ownership of Eretz Yisrael. Vav. In them oifim from Biyasa so in regards to this matter of coming to Eretz Yisrael in order to establish its holiness, is da There's a difference in how the Yidden entered Eretz Yisrael. By the Knesset Rishonim, by the first arrival in Eretz Yisrael, is given the Ratzim v'Tzivui. The the will of Hashem was, and He commanded them. This is actually actually how He spelled it out to them. Chalutzim Tavru you shall go cross over in the, into Yisrael as an army. In other words, to conquer. And you, he said to the, to the tribes of Menashe and God and so on, he said that you have to go, you will march before your, your brothers, before the other tribes, you will march in uh, armed. All the, uh, the, the you know, military men, the people that were the strong, mighty military men. So it was all about conquering through a military. As another passage it says, and the, the land will be conquered before you. Which means, Hashem instructed that entering as Israel should be, come about as a conquering through war. The and that's why the holiness of Yisrael became a reality through this conquering that's how Hashem instructed that it should be taken over that's how the holiness was imbued into Yisrael while Pisa is moving so based on this we can understand was the why the, the acquiring something through Chazaka at the first entry into Yisrael didn't help, didn't accomplish anything because that's not how Hashem instructed them to take it, he didn't say go make a chazaka, he said go conquer it not even by the cities of the Givainim who handed it over even though it was given to them out of the free will of those who owned it originally, but since Hashem did not instruct that the holiness should be 
imbued through Chazaka. He said it should be through conquering. So therefore, Chazaka didn't help anything for that. Because how does holiness become imbued in Tezisol? The way that Hashem commands it to be imbued. So taking, making a chazaka even from the givoynim doesn't accomplish the uh, the holiness onto the land. Confer holiness onto the land. Since the command of Hashem obligated them, as the knisos lezayin doch kibush v'chamish should happen through conquering it. We say to Mizu and even more than this. By the Since when I told them to to go into Israel and imbue it with holiness, it was it was said in this way that the land should be conquered before you. the land is So one could say that as soon as they conquered Yericho, which was the first place that they took over. And that was considered to be like the key to Eretz Yisrael. When you conquer the key, the entry to Eretz Yisrael, Yericha was considered, if you conquer that, then the whole land is, uh, has fallen. And that's why the uh, that's why the members of the seven nations came to Yericha to defend it. Why would they all come to Yericha to defend it? Because if the Jews are successful in conquering Yericha, that means that the whole country is going to be conquered. So therefore, when they conquered Yericha, at that moment already, holiness became, as Israel became imbued with holiness. The moment they conquered Yericha, which by, in essence means they conquered the whole land, the land is holy. And it all became holy, sanctified, because the Yidden took over Yericho through conquering it. Now the entire country is holy. And it doesn't matter that the Givainim handed it over through Chazaka, because the holiness has already been conferred on it as the moment Yericho was conquered. And through the proper way, which is through conquering, which Hashem instructed. However, says the Rebbe, nor become benigayel common mitzvahs. In regards to a number of different mitzvahs, is given at nine noisiv kibush v'chilik. There was uh, an additional condition that certain mitzvahs only begin after the Jewish people conquer the whole land and then settle the whole land. Which means it took seven years for them to distribute each section of the land to the owner, to its rightful owner. And after that happened, after seven years, then certain mitzvahs set in after that happened. And this was a condition in when these mitzvahs should apply. Like for instance, the laws of Yoivel, which only applies when all the Jewish people live in Eretz Yisrael. If the, uh, even though Eretz Yisrael is owned by the Jewish people essentially, but if everybody lives out of Eretz Yisrael, or not everybody lives in Eretz Yisrael, the laws of Yoivel don't apply. So we see that there are conditions which apply in Eretz Yisrael, but they have additional condition, conditions, like Yoivel has the condition that everybody has to live there. Other parts of it, uh, mitzvahs have conditions that all the people have, have to already have taken their piece of land, gotten their piece of land. 
Das ist aber nicht ein Inyan, was kommt zu in Kedusha Sa'aris, but it's these conditions, which are additional conditions to those mitzvahs, they do not in any way instruct about the holiness of Eretz Yisrael. Because das ist gewaren, beschleim is take of Nurk Kibbe which the holiness of Eretz Yisrael was imbued as soon as the Jewish people conquered Yericha. So based on this we can say another explanation why the Chazaka even in the cities of the Givainim is not what brought about the holiness of Yisrael because the entire Yisrael was already sanctified as soon as they conquered and therefore even though in the Givainim as I said before the Givainim handed it over and over there there was a proper Chazaka but that's not how they were instructed to conquer it so therefore that's not what did the did not, imbued the even those lands of the Givainim with holiness Mashenkin by Knesset Ezra whereas when Ezra came to Yisrael after the Golos Bavel in regards to which Hashem said I will remember you and I will bring you back to this place to Yisrael so then when Hashem says I will remember you what does he mean to say what does he want done not that they should go in and conquer it, nor but but rather they should go back and settle there. It wasn't a matter of conquering. And that's why that's how Hashem instructed the second time by the Knisishnia that they should go in and settle into Israel, and that's what is going to re imbue Kdusha to Israel. Zion, so based on this, it, it, this also answers the Ersh to Shalom Kesemishin, the first question of the Kesemishin. Since the holiness that, uh, that came to Israel through Yeshua came because they, he went, he took over Israel in the way that he was commanded to it through Ayyadei Kibush, through conquering. For the together from kibush kipshute is that the what does it mean? What is the parameters of conquering? Is was menemta zachbam tzveitin negedutzayne that you take something away from the other person against their will? That's what conquering means. Kum tochoi. So then it comes out as mitzadat sivoi that the way Hashem instructed that it should done is dafriya di bailus from the umas umas. The first it was. Originally, it it was owned or belonged to the other nations. When the kedusha is fabunim midem his gabrus oif the umas, and how does Eretz Yisrael gain its holiness when they overpower those uh, the, the owners, the other nations that live there? When they overpower them, durch kibush through conquerors from them on the river, and therefore that's how the the holiness is imbued. And therefore, when as Yisrael was taken back away from the from the Yidden bottle Akibush that neutralized the original conquering, because the way that Hashem instructed that the holiness would be entered at Yisrael was when you overpower the current residents of Eretz Yisrael, owners of Eretz Yisrael. 
that's how the holiness is conferred. So then when the Yidn were overpowered, they no longer overpower the the local, the nations, the other nations. So then the holiness dissipated. Therefore the holiness which was brought to Israel through overpowering the nations now no longer has holiness because there is no longer an overpowering of the other nations. The other nations now have overpowered the Yidden. But when they came the second time, since when Ezra came back and he sanctified it, he did not sanctify it through conquering rather by settling into it. That's how the Ramam says it. Just like when we talk about. Uh, taking acquiring something in a simple sense a chazaka is a full shtendige bailus hamachzik means that when the person acquires it it becomes fully his as dizach is zayne unish azi is givoren zayne doch tzunem from bailus natzveten when a person makes an acquisition <coughs> it becomes his it's not that it belonged to somebody else and I forced them out of it and I became, I now took over which could easily be neutralized by somebody forcing me out of it because it didn't really become mine fully because it's just based on me forcing somebody else out that's why when the Goyim, the Babylonians came and forced the Yidin out it was no longer holy but when the Yidin took it through Chazaka the second time Chazaka means it now becomes yours it's not nothing to do with you put somebody else out, it became yours. So also the in regards to the holiness of Israel, which came about through the Yidden settling back in and making a chazak is the Khalaisa Ktusha Demult. So the Ktusha that uh, that uh, that occurred at that time is Fabuna the Midvazehamzik Umgekehrt in land is connected with the fact that they returned to the land, which actually belonged to them always. It, this is not about who owns it. As we said before, it, owned, it was owned already since the time of Avram Avinu. But the Ketusha happened through them resettling the land, and the Far and therefore it never loses its holiness. Because it has nothing to do with forcing somebody else out which is the condition of how it can become holy, and therefore when you're no longer able to force and force your ownership of it, it no longer has holiness. And the reason that they couldn't enforce their, whole, uh, their ownership of it is because the Goyim forced them out. And that's why it lost its holiness, but then through Chazaka it becomes yours essentially, and it doesn't matter what somebody comes along and does. The signal nacha to say it in other words, Balias Ezra when Ezra came had the bailus the inyan amamein oich gepoiled benigets gedushas aretz. The ownership that the yidden had as owners of the land also accomplished the holiness of it. On bemeila kishem vidasi vidas dasvas etzrom uchzekesi. Just like we said before that etzrom belongs already to the yidden as they are the owners of the land. That came on this bottle. That never is lost. Even after the destruction of the, of the Beis Hamidrash and Eretz Yisrael, is thus Artsenu and Ad Masenu, which still referred to it because it is 
our land and our uh, our country and our land. Therefore, the holiness which comes through that same ownership, the chazaka, the settling in which makes it yours, is also what imbues it with kedusha. So just like the ownership never left, the Jewish ownership never left Eretz Yisrael. So the holiness that it was acquired in that same way also never left Eretz Yisrael, even after the destruction. Which explains this complicated issue of the difference between Kedusha Rishayna and Kedusha Shniya, the uh, original coming to Yisrael and the Kibush, which is a complicated thing that many Mepharshim struggle with. The Rebbe finds a nice explanation for it. Ches. The Hezbera now, this explanation is Masim Oich, also fits in with the Bira Chilksushin Kedusha Rishayna Kedusha Shniya, the Pnimisinyon. In the difference between the the first time that they sanctified in Israel and the second time, how it's explained in the inner dimension of Torah through Chsidis. As Bizman given in the Madrega from Tzadikim. That when they came the first time to Israel, they were on the level of Tzadikim. Bizman when they came the second time to take over Israel, is the Madrega from Balachuva, they were on the level of Balachuva. From the unterschieden zwischen the zwei Madreges is amongst the differences between these two levels of a tzaddik uh, and a balchuva. The avoid of a tzaddikim is beiker bederach momayl lemata. The avoid of a tzaddik is be, for the most part he brings down holiness from above and brings it down below. They accomplish a refinement and an elevation in the tachten in the, the the beings below. Through, by, through bringing holiness through the Torah the, the of Hashem and so on this is all holiness which comes from above they bring down a holy spirit from above and that's why they elevate and refine the lower elements since the whole accomplishment is comes from the levels from above is does mata. It's not as connected with it doesn't accomplish, it doesn't transform the lower elements as much. When the river can sign as the in the machine of a and that's why it can happen as it does sometimes that there is an interruption. You a person felt elevated and felt inspired and then it loses the inspiration because it came from something outside him, from something above him. Similar to what happened by the original Kedusha, which through the conquering from uh, through Yeshua, the way they conquered Israel was, as we said, overpowering the Goyim that were there. But the Goyim that were there, they, all, they remained who they were. On the far, and that's why it's superimposing holiness onto something which hasn't accepted that holiness and therefore the Goyim remain the Goyim and therefore they come and reassert themselves at some point and the same is true also in the Aveda of a person in general if the Aveda of a Yid is in a wave where he raises himself above the world and his Aveda doesn't affect the world around him a person has never been tested by reality 
you know, he never exposed himself to a challenge in the world. from the uh, from the side of, side of Klipes. We are never we can never be certain as that if he were to be exposed to that challenge, that the Kenabaishtin will be able to overcome that that challenge. Mashenkim al Balchuva, where is the Balchuva? That the work of a Balchuva comes from below, that he attacks and works with the elements, the lower elements, and raises them up to a higher level. The by refining and elevating the the lower elements as a vertaklitzu that he turns that lower element into a receptacle to be able to accept ktusha. Is the gilia lukusin dem mata in an oifin as a When you bring holiness down in that way, then it'll have a lasting effect. Avert nishnifsek that will never that will not be interrupted. I can nobody can say never, but but it doesn't stand to be interrupted. The same in the in the way a yid serves Hashem in this way. In other words, his own personal life. Since he was already exposed to the world and tangled with the world. And even he may have failed in the tangle with the world here and there. He did things which go against the will of Hashem. In the end, he turns back and returns to Hashem and to Torah and Mitzvahs. That shows us the that shows that Torah Mitzvahs has captured him, has inculcated, has has permeated him to the degree that even in the case of a failure it will not drag him away from Hashem he will eventually return because it's within him it's who he is which means that his connection to Hashem is constant is not, has no limitation doesn't have an end uh, uh, an end date he'll always come back to it Similar to the second time that the Yidden came, which came through Chazak, and remember, as that this happened after they were banished from Israel because of sins. The Yidden returned to Israel, not as a country that they now need to conquer which doesn't belong to them yet but they return as and, and take it back as a chazaka because it belongs to us so we're just returning we don't have to conquer it, it is already ours and the Kedusha is already um, it's ready for the Kedusha by simply settling back into it based on this and I will understand the connection between Kedusha why it's called a Matana a gift and the second Kedusha is compared to or named in the Pasuk as an inheritance since Yedua we know as Yerusha that in Halacha inheritance doesn't have any interruption Whereas a gift could be 
interrupted. Which means in halacha, if somebody were to say, I'm giving you this gift until you die. When you die, it now belongs to uh, you know, another person. I'm handing it to you only for a certain period, then it goes over to another person. That could be done. You could make a condition in a gift that way. But if a father says uh, his estate goes to such and such son, and but when he dies, it should go to uh, you know another son. That doesn't happen. That can't happen. Yerusha is forever. When you bequeath something to your to somebody that is an heir, a legal heir, it's his forever. You can't make a condition to interrupt that inheritance. The Tama Dover of Asmatani Eshlehevsik is what's the reason that a gift could have an interruption? In other words, it's only for a period. Even though there is another rule which comes along with a gift, which is we assume that the reason a person gives a gift to somebody is because they did something for them. They, give, they did them a favor or something. For some reason, he's giving them a gift. So it comes along with some sort of a. There was something that prompted that gift. But there's still. A gift is not so much because of what the receiver of the gift does it is something that comes from the giver of the gift a gift is given by the goodwill of the one that gives the gift it's not that a gift is something that is earned or you can make a claim that somebody owes you a gift that's not a gift that may be if he owes you money then he owes you money, it's not a gift a gift means I decided to give you a gift even though the Gemara says that if you didn't, you didn't do something nice for him, he wouldn't have given you a gift but that is not a claim that you have to the gift and that's why there is it could be interrupted because it's not something that the receiver has accomplished just like we said before about the which they don't have the same kind of impact on the mata because it's something which is superimposed on the mata. When the is the of and that's why the gift that was given to the yidden of Yisrael, the gift of Yisrael that was given to yidden to the that's why it's more connected to the first time they came to Yisrael, kibush Yeshua, the conquering of the land through Yeshua, because just like. The way the Yidin entered as Israel and took over and imbued it with Kedusha was as a conquering of the land, which means they imposed themselves onto the land. Both in the literal sense that they imposed themselves. As well as what this means in the service of a person. That it means that you haven't transformed the Mata, the lower elements. You just imposed your Kedusha onto it. Which means that it doesn't really have a lasting, it won't last. So also, therefore, the the giving that Hashem gave at Sol to the Yidin is called a matana, is is in the form of a gift. Which comes from the perspective of the giver, which means Mumaila. From above, and it does. It's not because the lower elements somehow have a claim to it or have 
uh, elevated themselves to that level to be able to to deserve it and to receive it. is the Whereas when we talk about an inheritance, is to the contrary. How does one become an heir by being a relative? Only a relative is an, uh, an heir. Uh, a relative is an heir. So therefore, he has a claim to the inheritance. In fact, what is the real meaning of inheritance? That the the heir becomes in the bequeather. In other words, he now stands in the place of the one that bequeathed it to him. It's not even not even considered that it changed hands because the heir the, the father died the son became the heir of the father so it's not even that it changed ownership from the father to the son the son now stands in the place of his father so in other words it is a transformation of the mata of the, one, of the heir of the lower elements and that's why the way that Hashem gave the Esisrol to the Yidden was as a was as a uh, inheritance in the second coming of the when the Yidden came to Esisrol. When when also the Yidin, the way they arrived in Etzisol, was Saikib Shutek, both in the literal sense of Saiba Vedas Adam Kanal, and also as it translates into the where they were in their personal Aveda, in their personal connection to Hashem, but their Chazaka was in a way of retaking that which they had, was main Kanal, which means, as they haben Etzam Ashaychus to Etzisol, which means they already have a connection to Etzisol, since I understand the Bible of the land, they're always the owners of the land, because they are the land. It's not something that's being superimposed on them. And that's why it's called an inheritance. That's also the reason why that's also alluded to in the Psukim that in connection with the first sanctification the Pasuk says, I will give it to your children, I will give it to you, in the future tense. Whereas in the second, in regards to the second time when they come to Israel, it, it's said in, this, in the, the language used, I have given it to you, in the past, as he mentioned earlier. And the reason is, in regards to the first Kedusha, the first time they came to Israel, it was it was how the connection between the Yidden and the land of Israel which had to be accomplished they had to conquer it from the 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 ones that lived there which when it belonged to the original owners it wasn't holy they had to come there and impose their holiness on it but when we talk about the second time that they came is given by Ephraim was in a way as Mitzayir Pu'ulah Chazakam Ziblois Megala given Zayir Shachas from the land. They didn't have to accomplish a conquering and therefore imbuing holiness into it. All they had to do was reveal their connection to it. They were already connected to it. They just had to reveal it by settling back into the Israel. As Israel is Zayir from Friya, that Israel belongs to them 
from before. Mitzad the Nesin and Love is because it was given to their to the forefathers. Tavram Yud the Chilutzish Matona on Yerusha Benegayis Yisrael is the the difference between giving as a as a gift or a bequeathing it as an inheritance. In regards to Yisrael is Kanal as we said before Bloys B'Shaychus Gedushas Oretz. That is only connected to the way that the holiness uh, attaches itself to Eretz Yisrael. Which happens when the Yidin come to Eretz Yisrael. As the Kedusha Rishayna, that the holiness that comes about in the first arrival in Eretz Yisrael is given by Ephraim Shalmatana, was as a gift. And the, sec- the holiness that came when the second time when they came into Israel is Tzuyukuman, a new dimension was added to it. Also, the fact that it is an inheritance and therefore, which will always remain. The Kedusha will always remain from now on. But the Etzem Bailus von Yidin, so that's how that has to do with the Kedusha that becomes how that's accomplished through the first time and the second time. But the Etzem Bailus, but when we talk about who owns as Israel from Yidin, of Eretz Yisrael, the fact that the Yidden own Eretz Yisrael, ishtendigans but obetachlus oshleim has always remained and is always perfect. From zinta evishtartas land obigur and savrama vinu mebrisim and absarim. From the time that Hashem gave it as a gift to Avram Avinu by the brisbane of Sarum or as inheritance rather than a gift also nachlas oilam as an in- eternal inheritance versus akrisis bris is nishayak and shum hasig as we know that when somebody makes a covenant it doesn't there is no end to that that continues forever on and therefore is indemnish kein unterscheid in welcher matzav idin gefinnesach it doesn't matter where the yidin stand in regards to who owns Eretz Yisro afilovem is namatzav as mechato inu gulinu matzenu even when the Yidin are in a state where because of their sins they have been banished from Eretz Yisrael and we were distanced from Eretz Yisrael is Eretz Yisrael Eretz Yisrael still remains our country and our land unza land and unza Ered he translates it into Yiddish as the Gemara said as you mentioned before as Eretz Yisrael Mokzekasi that Eretz Yisrael is in the ownership of Eretz Yisrael uh, of the Yidin when Yerusha Hilochem Avesechem it is an inheritance that comes to you from your forefathers from Avram Avinu Chot has been Tayim is given the Cheta Egel and Cheta Maraglim even though in the between some great sins happened the sin of the golden calf the sin of the Maraglim things which could have one would think interrupted the ownership of the Yidin to Eretz Yisrael, but it didn't. Of a frat especially based on what was explained earlier, in the Psagdim from Rambam, what the Rambam rules, as Inyan Ayerusha is Oich Nimshach or Nikve Givarin in Ketushas Aretz, that the holiness of Eretz Yisrael also took on elements of inheritance. But even as Oich the Ketushashni is Ein Lahevsek, and because of this. The second holiness that was attached to it never ends. As the Ramam says, it was sanctified all the way till the future, all the way till Mashiach. From which we understand, as does an Indian in welchem is nish sinichayach can dinginish, that this is something which cannot be, you can't discuss this. This is not something that you can argue about. 
or the mischar that is not subject to wheeling and dealing making a, a treaty or it will make a deal it's not subject to any deals because in addition to this was that the entire Yisrael from 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 border to border from the from the river of Mitzrayim ad until Euphrates is a Yerushat Ali Yidin is a is an inheritance to all the Jewish people as a whole as a community and to each individual Yid and for this reason nobody can ever nobody has the right and the authority to be able to give up any part of Yisrael and you can't make a deal and say we'll give you this part that's not yours to give so therefore if somebody wants to give it away this goes against the will of Hashem when somebody, a leader, wants to make deals to give parts of Eretz Yisrael away because Hashem gave it to us out of His will and therefore if you want to take it away you go against that will of Hashem Hashem gave it to us as an, an eternal inheritance and when the Yidin will stand firm as they should and not because we are so technologically advanced that we can protect our borders and we don't need uh, you know we don't need those extra pieces and we don't need the buffer zone and so on they think that it's if you if your approach not because your approach is that we we have a powerful army nor we stand firm because this is the inherent internal inheritance for the Yidden from Hashem, the God of the world, so the Am Oilam to the nation which is the eternal nation, the Yidden, is and then you will be, we will be successful. If that's the reason that we come and claim, lay claim to Yisrael, then we will be successful. the yield until will be fulfilled the prophecy that the kings of the other nations will be your uh, take care of your needs and the, their ministers will be your uh, take care of your children and so on as um asylum health in the yidden ice fear the Hashem that the other nations of the world will help the yidden to fulfill the will of Hashem when in them inyan anal befrad especially in the matter of who of Eretz Yisrael and this will happen even in the time of Golas and this will speed up the coming of Mashiach in other words that the Rebbe says that this has to be that the Goyim support the Yidden in their ownership of Yisrael and their need to serve Hashem that has to happen even in Golas and that will bring closer Mashiach which then the Jewish people will own all of Israel, also the land of the other three nations, because originally Hashem gave them the lands of the seven nations. But there are really ten nations mentioned, which the the other three nations, that will only become ours when Mashiach comes. Then I will transform the other nations with a clear language. They will all call out in the name of Hashem, love the Shechem Echad, and they will all serve Hashem in the same, all of them will serve Hashem. And this should happen speedily in our days.